Who would have thought Kirk Cousins would be the top scorer through two weeks? Let's recap week two. Let's talk about some injuries around the league. First up, Saquon Barkley. Barkley went down with an ankle injury today against the Cardinals, and it looked pretty bad. He was pretty upset when he came off the field, slamming his helmet, and it was bad enough to where he needed to be carted off the field after the game. Um, The early reports are that it's a low ankle sprain, not the dreaded high ankle sprain, so that is some good news. He is getting an MRI tomorrow, so look out for an Adam Schefter tweet giving you the timeline for when he'll be back in the lineup. But I think it's all but certain he's not going to be able to play this upcoming Thursday against San Francisco. I feel really bad for Barkley because he played such a big part in getting the Giants back into this game. He had two touchdowns and 92 yards total. And it's just unfortunate that he went down in this manner. But hopefully the diagnosis is good tomorrow and he's back in the lineup soon. Next up, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow said after the game that he tweaked the same calf that kept him out of training camp, which is really concerning in my mind. He said he's day-to-day and that if the Bengals had one more possession, he would have come back into the game. But I'd be really concerned at this point. I mean, we saw how a minor calf injury turned out to be something huge for Aaron Rodgers. And anytime you hear calf, you think Achilles, and you get a little worried. So hopefully Burrow's strain is actually mild and he can put it behind him sooner rather than later. He finally seemed to get things on track, throwing for a couple scores in the second half of this game, but the Bengals still have a lot of red flags around them right now. Another big name to go down was Devontae Adams. Adams left the game in the fourth quarter to be evaluated for a concussion, but he had six catches for 84 yards and a touchdown, and hopefully he's okay, and if he wants to have a chance to suit up next week, he's going to have to get through the protocol. Right now, the Raiders have a couple of big names in the protocol, Jacoby Myers and now Adams, so... Hopefully they both get better soon and are able to get back on the field. David Montgomery was another notable name to go down. He left in the third quarter with a thigh bruise, but he had 16 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown and also had a reception. And it looked like he was pretty much the lead dog, just like he was in week one. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. They haven't really said too much about the severity of it just yet, but I would imagine that Jameer Gibbs will be relied on a lot more heavily, regardless of whether or not Montgomery is able to go next week. On Sunday Night Football, Jalen Waddle took a pretty gruesome hit to the head, and he left the game with his helmet off to be evaluated for a concussion. It happened really late in the fourth quarter, so it's kind of tough to tell the severity of it. I'm sure there'll be more news tomorrow, but at this point, I would imagine he's probably going to be in the protocol just based on how the hit looked. Logan Thomas of the Commanders also took a nasty hit to the head in the end zone while catching a touchdown, and I feel really bad for him. This play was pretty gruesome. Kareem Jackson knocked him out of the game, and this is two weeks in a row that Kareem Jackson has caused a pretty severe concussion. He's the one that hit Jacoby Myers last week, and this week it was Logan Thomas. He had a pretty hefty fine last week, and this week got kicked out of the game. So I wouldn't be surprised if a suspension's on the way for Jackson. Hopefully Thomas is okay. Now some lesser serious injuries. Odell Beckham tweaked an ankle and missed the second half of the game. John Harbaugh downplayed it, saying it wasn't serious, but I'm a little skeptical of this. John Harbaugh also said Mark Andrews' quad injury wasn't serious, and he didn't play week one. So I would like to see the injury report before making a final determination on his status for week three. But he was doing okay before he went down. He only had three receptions for 29 yards, and he really hasn't been a huge part of the offense just yet. I know he drew a couple of big pass interferences last game in week one, but uh, at this point it seems like Zay Flowers is pretty much the number one receiver in this offense. Brandon Ayuk also suffered a shoulder injury early in the game, but played through it. He was definitely a bit limited throughout the game, so it's going to be interesting to see how things play out, given that it's a short week for the 49ers and they play on Thursday, but I would imagine Ayuk's going to do everything he can to be out there. 
Darnell Mooney of the Bears suffered a knee injury and missed the remainder of the game. They're saying it's not severe and that he should actually miss no time at all. But of course, it'll be interesting to see if he has an injury designation on the first day of practice next week. And then the last couple folks, first Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson got the wind knocked out of him and had to leave the game early to be checked on. It was kind of undisclosed in terms of what happened to him. But then after the game, Robert Sala came out and said it was just that and he should be just fine. And then lastly, Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne was dealing with some cramps in the fourth quarter. He was really dominating the backfield before that. I think Tank Bigsby only had one target, and Etienne only seeded one carry to Dearness Johnson. So I'm not sure what's going on in Jacksonville in terms of the backfield split, but it looked like it was Etienne's backfield to lose this week. Now let's talk about some rookies. First up, Puka Nakua. I don't think anybody saw this guy coming. He had 15 receptions on 20 targets today. The 15 receptions are the most receptions by a rookie in any single game in NFL history. He also has 25 receptions through his first two games, which is also an NFL record. It feels like the arrow is pointing straight up. And I can only imagine how much better he's going to get once Cooper Cup comes back and takes away some of the defensive attention that he's getting right now. He came into the game with an oblique injury. So there were some question marks around him, but I don't think his status was really ever in doubt. It'll be something to monitor, especially with a workload this heavy, but it seems like he's the real deal. It's going to be interesting to see if he can keep this up long enough to maybe make a Rookie of the Year bid. And then Bijan Robinson. Robinson looked like the real deal again this week. Even better, actually. He had 172 scrimmage yards, 19 rushes, 4 receptions, and looked elusive as ever. He did seed about 16 carries to Tyler Algier and also 10 rushes to Desmond Ritter, who kind of ran a bunch out of nowhere. But Robinson looked like the best player in this backfield, and it seems like Arthur Smith is starting to realize that. I would imagine that Algier is still going to split carries with him, but Robinson's going to be on the field plenty, especially because of his pass-catching ability. It would be nice to see some more touchdowns, but of course, no one's complaining with what they're getting at this point. Another rookie who had a stellar performance was Anthony Richardson. I was going to mention him in the injury section, but since he's a rookie, I figured I'd cover him here. He suffered a concussion, um, but before that, he had a great performance. He had two rushing touchdowns and looked like he was in command. I mean, the Colts are in good shape as long as he can stay healthy. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. He did self-report the concussion, which was great, so it'll be interesting to see if he's able to get through the protocol in time to suit up for next week. But regardless, I hope he's okay. Uh, the Colts do have Gardner Minshew, who looked pretty good. And I would imagine we won't see a big fall-off for the other Colts playmakers. Michael Pittman still got a ton of volume, and Zach Moss looked great. Next up, Zay Flowers. Flowers looked solid again. He had four receptions for 62 yards. He didn't score, but he looks like the number one receiver in this offense, and I would imagine that will continue. He's having a great start to his rookie year. Then C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud looked pretty good today. He did have two lost fumbles, unfortunately, but he threw two touchdowns and had 384 yards passing. So I think the more reps he gets, the better he's going to be. And let's also keep in mind he came into this game with a shoulder injury. It was questionable coming into the game. So uh, he played through it, and he didn't look any worse for the wear. So I would imagine he's going to be able to suit up for week three. Lastly, Marvin Mims Jr., he looked great, even with low volume. He had two receptions for 113 yards. Two rushes for 10 yards, even had 45 yards in the return game, and he scored a touchdown receiving. So it looks like he's kind of a gadget player. They're going to use him all over the field. And with how thin Denver is at receiver right now, I would imagine his role's only going to grow. Judy's just coming back from injury. Cortland Sutton didn't do anything to secure his role, and they're looking for playmakers. Tough loss today, but I would imagine Mims is going to be a bigger part of the game plan moving forward.
If he's available in your leagues, I would definitely pick him up. Let's talk about some peak performers. First, Jordan Love. Two weeks in a row, three touchdowns each week. He looks great. I know the Packers lost, but I don't think it was because of Love. Love even showed off his wheels. And I think once he gets Christian Watson back and Aaron Jones back and Romeo Dobbs comes back to full health, this could be a team you don't want to mess with. I mean, the Packers also have Luke Musgrave who's coming on. And I feel like a lot of the pieces are coming together at the right time. If they can just formulate a good game plan for him, it seems like he's able to execute. Next, Mike Evans. Mike Evans had another great week. Six receptions, 171 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, he is playing like a man who is inspired. And I would imagine this is going to continue for the rest of the season. Namely because he didn't get that extension he wanted from the Buccaneers. But he looks like he has a great chemistry with Baker Mayfield. And as long as Mayfield can continue to play like this, I would imagine that Evans is going to produce the same way. Then, Kyron Williams. I thought Kyron Williams was not going to be able to do anything going up against the 49ers, but man, was I wrong. He looked great today. Cam Akers was a healthy and active. And here we go again with the Cam Akers drama. But anyway, this is the Williams show now. Williams had two touchdowns, one through the air, one on the ground. He had 100 scrimmage yards, and he looks great. I think this is his backfield to lose, and I would definitely grab him off the waivers if he's somehow available. Lastly, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson has had a great start to the season. Today he had 129 scrimmage yards, two rushing touchdowns, and even chipped in a two-point conversion. That's three touchdowns on the year for him. One through the air, two on the ground. And he's quietly having a very solid season. And I don't think Antonio Gibson is going to pose a threat anytime soon. Let's talk about some shockers. One, Cam Akers, like I mentioned, was a healthy and active. I know he was bad last week with his 22 rushes for 29 yards and a touchdown, but... I would love to see like a 30 for 30 or an E60 on the relationship between Sean McVay and Cam Akers. It's it's really gotten out of hand. It feels like one week McVay's talking him up, the next week Akers is in the doghouse. But I heard he's on the trade block. I wouldn't be surprised if they finally cut bait. But it's just really difficult to tell what you're going to get with Akers. I mean, he finished the year with three straight 100-yard games last year and looked amazing. So... He's definitely one of the biggest conundrums in fantasy at this point. It's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Next, Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman was also a healthy scratch. It seemed like the Bears liked what they saw in Roshan Johnson. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the new norm and that Foreman is the odd man left out of the rotation. And then Brees Hall. Talk about a story of two tales. Last week, Brees Hall looked unstoppable on minimal volume. This week, he seemed like he was just phased out. I mean, four carries, nine yards, and one target. Even Dalvin Cook didn't do much better, but... Hall was pretty much shut down. I know this game was out of hand and Dallas pretty much imposed their will, but I think moving forward, it's going to be risky to start Hall. I know it's hard to deny the talent and a lot of us don't have a choice and may have to start him anyway, but I think he's going to have weeks like this and we just need to prepare for that. Lastly, let's talk about some waiver pickups. Number one, like I already mentioned, Kyron Williams, if he's somehow available, I would pick him up. He's rostered in 62% of leagues, so he is available in some places and I think because Akers has been inactive, there's no doubt that this is Williams' backfield now. Next, Zach Moss. Zach Moss had 18 carries for 88 yards and four receptions for 19 yards and also had a rushing touchdown. He looked great today. And I think he has a lot of value for the next two weeks while Jonathan Taylor is out. And that's assuming Jonathan Taylor does come back. It remains to be seen how this whole situation plays out. Right now, Moss is rostered in 53% of leagues, so he's available in about half of the leagues out there so I would grab him if he's available you'll definitely get some value over the next two weeks another player I mentioned Marvin Mims Jr. I think today was kind of his breakout he's only owned in 23% of leagues so I think you should definitely pick him up and stash him and 
depending on the matchup, you may even want to start him. A sleeper pickup is Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds has nine grabs, 146 yards, and two touchdowns through two weeks. And he's only 12% owned in leagues. I think you could do a lot worse. He's definitely someone I would pick up and keep on the bench if you have a spot. And he has chemistry with Jared Goff. They were on the same team before in L.A., and that chemistry is carried over to Detroit. I would imagine he's going to continue to be involved. And right now, it seems like he's the number two guy behind St. Brown. Lastly, Tutu Atwell. Tutu Atwell was kind of the consolation prize for those who didn't get Puka Nakua, but he's been pretty good. He had seven receptions today and a rush and totaled 83 yards, and he seems to be pretty involved. And I would imagine that's going to continue, especially with Cup being out. But even when Cup returns, I would imagine they're going to keep getting Atwell the ball. He's very dynamic, and he looks it. He's only rostered in 25% of leagues, so he's still pretty widely available. That rounds out the Sunday games from Week 2. We still have New Orleans, Carolina tomorrow, and Cleveland, Pittsburgh, both of which you should be good. Amari Cooper aggravated a groin injury, and word is he's not going to be able to play tomorrow. And also Kendra Miller, the rookie for New Orleans, should make his debut. He's questionable as of now, but... All signs point toward him suiting up. Jamal Williams didn't really impose his will last week, so I would imagine if Miller can go, he'll probably get some decent work right away. Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe and let me know how your week two went in the comments below.